Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. Have you ever heard of the Eat Right for Your Blood Type diet? Do you know it's been around now for 20 years? And with a lot of today's health talk geared to the bacteria in your belly, Dr. Peter J. Dadamo says the blood type diet is as important as ever. There's a lot of new evidence and data that shows that the single biggest influence on the differences between us with regard to the particular bacteria that we harbor is our blood type. Thank you, doctor. We are going to revisit Eat Right for Your Blood Type in a bit. Right now, I want to give you joy, the book of joy by Douglas Abrams. It's a most beautiful resource for witnessing love and beauty. Nobel Peace Prize laureates, His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu got together to celebrate a birthday, and they gave us the gift of their wisdom. Author Douglas Adams got to travel along and chronicle the trip. And when you find this book, you must open to the back flap and see the picture of these two men just loving life and each other. It makes me cry happy tears, Doug Abrams. <laughs> That's great. That's it's wonderful. an amazing photo. You have captured everything. I mean, you've captured joy. You've captured joy in that picture. Oh, thank you. Now, thank you. Thank you. You have been Desmond Tutu's co-writer for a very long time. How, yeah. How did that happen? Greatest gig in the world. It, it, it was, it has been. And, you know, uh, Archbishop Tutu, I've had the privilege of working with him for a decade on all of his books. Um, he was a hero of mine uh, when I was in college uh, a long, long time ago um, during the anti-apartheid struggle. And, um, you know, when I left uh, my gig as a book editor at HarperCollins, I may, you know, set up my agency working with visionaries who are creating a wiser, healthier, more just world. He was at the top of the list. And, I reached out to him and I said, you know, you've given us your political message. We we need to hear your spiritual message. We need to hear what are the values that allowed you to end apartheid. And we got to work together on uh, God Has a Dream, which was his first, the first book we worked on together. And he's really become, you know, not just a a collaborator, but, you know, a a mentor and a beloved friend and really, you know, a second father. And um, we were actually at his wife birthday party with um, the chairman of the Dalai Lama Foundation and he uh, he turned to me and he said you know well uh, what do you think about these two guys doing a book together and uh, you know I said wow that's an amazing idea the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu writing a book together and I said you know what would it be on and we paused and we looked at each other and we both said joy oh gosh because these are two of the most joyful people on the planet and I so we were having sandwiches with Arch as he's affectionately known uh, at his office and uh, I said hey Arch what do you 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 want to write a book with the Dalai Lama and he said I'd do anything with that man, you know, because they just, they love each other. They call each other mischievous spiritual brothers, um, and they just uh, have this incredible friendship and, you know, this hilarious relationship. I mean, you think, I mean, here are two of the great moral icons of our time, that they're going to be these sober and serious guys, and they're teasing each other mercilessly, hilariously, playing with each other, you know, joking with each other. Um, The whole time was just filled with kind of hilarious laughter and tears. It was really so moving to be there. We are talking to Douglas Abrams. The book that is going to fill you with joy is called The Book of Joy. His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Archbishop Desmond Tutu. When you are with these men, 
or when you are with uh, the Archbishop, as you are frequently having written with him for a decade, are you your best self? <laughs> That's such a great question. I do think there's a way in which uh, these two men and other great um, kind of moral leaders call us to be our best self. Um, they remind us of what's possible for, our, for us. And that's what we really tried to do in the Book of Joy was to help call people to their best selves and to show them the ways that we can, you know, live our, our best lives and our best selves. Um, and, you know, I think really what was so powerful about the book is that they share their humanity with us. You know, they, they share their own stories, their own struggles. They're not preaching to us on a mountaintop. They're like two old friends who are kind of reflecting on their long lives and sharing what they've learned and, you know, the heartache and the heartbreak that they've had. And, they, you know, they wanted the book to be a kind of three-layer birthday cake. You know, we were there for the Dalai Lama's uh, 80th birthday leading up to it and they wanted this kind of like gift to the world to and they envisioned it as a kind of three-layer cake with their stories and their teachings being one layer and then also the you know the science being another layer because they said this can't be a buddhist book this can't be a christian book it has to be a universal human book and we don't want anybody to take what we say on faith we want them to interrogate it and see if it's true in their own lives and then the third layer was really the travelogue, the experience of being there. And that was where I came in. My job was to be the kind of fly on the wall, the person in the room. So you really experience as a reader the, what it's like to sit there and break bread, have the Dalai Lama turn to you with their bowl, his bowl of rice pudding, you know, despite the, the supposed detachment that Buddhists are supposed to have and, and, and point to his rice pudding and say, I love this, you know. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that's, you know, you get to have that experience. You know, you, the Dalai Lama taught us to meditate, so you get to hear him tell you about meditation. You know, you get to watch the Dalai Lama dance for the first time in his life. And that was, you know, the goal of the book was to really give readers that experience of, of being there with them, as, you know, and hanging out as one of the friends. Yeah, it's a buddy movie. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to talk about it. It really is. It's yeah. a buddy movie, but instead of, you know, <laughs> roofies in Las Vegas, it's it's just teaching us how to be our most divine. It it reads beautifully. It's a, it is a book of joy. It is the book of joy. And we want if you could share with us some of the some of the wisdoms that you take away from spending time with these two men. You know, there, I mean, I think at the heart of the book, one of the core insights is that, you know, I went into this thinking that joy and sorrow were these two opposites, and the goal was to kind of live in this kind of bliss bubble of joy, and realizing as they remind us of the fact that these are two sides of the same coin, you can't have joy without sorrow. And actually, the more you open yourself to looking at the reality of suffering in our own lives and in our world, the more we increase our capacity for joy. Um, that was one of the profound uh, insights. One of the others was that we can't actually chase after joy and happiness. You know, we think that we can pursue happiness kind of in its own right. And in fact, what they remind us is that there are these eight pillars of joy that they'd call them. And they present those eight pillars to us and tell it, and remind us that it's through 
those the cultivation of as you said those divine qualities those human qualities um, that we experience the most joy in our lives yeah Douglas Abrams the guest the book of joy is the topic who got to be the photographer <laughs> yeah, we had a, a fantastic, incredible, brilliant uh, portrait photographer named Miranda who came and took those incredible photos. Um, with the, the Dalai Lama also has an incredible uh, photographer, Tenzin, who was there as well, taking a lot of the candid photos. Um, it was We had five uh, video cameras filming around us the whole time, so there was all of this incredible footage and documentation because we knew this was a historic meeting um, that it never happened you know in, that they had had this kind of time with each other that they had this kind of deep dialogue and we knew quite frankly given their age and health that it was never going to happen again this is the book get it for everybody you love to start the new year the book of joy douglas abrams where can we find out more about this and you so there is a, a companion website for the book called thebookofjoy.org. The book is available in any bookstore near you. You know, it was really incredibly gratifying having Oprah pick it as one of her favorite things for the year. Um, and we've really, we've heard that people are being really profoundly impacted. And I think maybe that's why people are giving it as a gift. But, you know, we're hearing from people that it's helping them deal with chronic pain. We even heard from one reader that it had stopped them from committing suicide. I mean, really, it, it's affecting people really deeply. And I think that's the most gratifying thing about creating a work like this is the impact that it can have uh, for people for years to come. Good for you. Good for well, you. Well, good, good for us. Good yeah, for us. Good for us. All right. Thank you so much. And I know uh, Oprah picked you, but now you're on Shine On with Casey. So things are really going to pick up for you. And you're picking us, too, which we're so <laughs> grateful. Yeah, one of has one of your favorite things. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. And you, Casey, and your listeners. Thank you so much. Take Bye-bye. Care. Doug Abrams, look for The Book of Joy about the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu sharing time together and sharing their wisdom with us. The biggest thing I took away from the book is that Desmond Tutu believes we can't help but experience our human emotions, where the Dalai Lama feels with practice and meditation, we can learn to master our emotions and make better choices. Yet even when they disagree, they do so with such love and respect. It's beautiful. Look for The Book of Joy. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. There is another book that has given me a lot of personal joy and health. It was about 15 years ago at my annual checkup. My doctor wrote the title of a book on her prescription pad. She said, try this. It might help with your fatigue and digestion issues. The book, Eat Right for Your Blood Type by Dr. Peter J. Dadamo. The idea behind the diets in the book is that in earliest man, there was just one blood type, O. Then as the hunter-gathering society turned agrarian, different blood types were created. They morphed. Therefore, the doctor believes the diet that best suits you is the one that created your blood type. I gave it a try. I posted only the list of most beneficial foods on my refrigerator, and that was all I ate. Not only did I lose weight, I finally felt great, and that was the start of my fitness craze, if you could call it that. 
been a bit of a health snob ever since. Well, it's been 20 years since Eat Right for Your Blood Type first became a New York Times bestseller. And I've read that in some Asian cultures, your blood type, it's like your zodiac sign, another way for the divine to speak to you. That isn't always the sentiment here in the U.S. And there are many critics of the blood type diets. But I've also read many reviews that say any diet in Dr. Dadamo's book is actually a healthy one. Peter J. Dadamo has reissued the book, revised and updated, but still true to the original message. What was it like for you to pick up the book again, Doctor? You know, going back and looking at something uh, that I wrote 20 years ago is like going back and looking at pictures of what you were wearing 20 years ago. And it, it has that same degree of nostalgia with a bit of unsettledness. Uh, But I can tell you this, that actually very little of the conclusions that I drew in the first book in 1996 had to be changed. Nothing really needed to be revised in the sense, okay, we were wrong about that, so let's throw that out and redo it, which is, not to be disparaging of other diet books, actually a fairly unlikely bit of consistency, because if you go to any of the other diet books, they've all had to make adaptions over the years. For instance, the ultra-low-fat guys now eat salmon. You know, I mean, so people adapt as, you know, the, the variations occur, but it turns out that the, the first book is still, at least in terms of its conclusions, is spot on. The thing that I had to revise wasn't that anything needed to be changed or altered as much as I, I needed to incorporate what had been 20 years of just some astoundingly new discoveries that occurred in blood types. And the most single important one has to do with a word maybe your listeners have heard of, this microbiome, the, the, the bacteria, the bugs that are inside our digestive tract that probably turn out to rule us in terms of all the various functions that they control that we're only now being able to understand. And it turned out that there's a lot of new evidence and data that shows that the single biggest influence on the differences between us with regard to the particular bacteria that we harbor is our blood type. So by being able to work with the information that you learn when you discover if you're either A or O or B or AB, you can now, in addition to fine-tuning your blood type, you can actually take steps to fine-tune your microbiome. Microbiome turns out to have lots of effects that we had never thought or contemplated. It controls, in many respects, the rate of our metabolism. There are certain populations of bacteria that will tend to make us lean. Other bacteria will tend to make us obese. Here's a little-known fact. 90% of the serotonin in your body is made by the bacteria in your gut, not your brain. Right, right. I did, so they can. I did know that because I follow you so closely. So, you know, if you're depressed, it might not be your head. It might be your belly. Uh, yep, the word gut feelings comes to mind. Yeah. You know, because ultimately there's, and actually we understand now that a lot of inflammation is the same thing in that certain populations of bacteria can cause any any number of different inflammatory changes into the gut. They can interfere with proper function of hormones. So this brave new world didn't exist in in 1996. Right. And all, all the research that was coming out, it was about time to add this to the to, to, to the body of work. So, as I said, going back and, and working on this, I mean, I've since moved into other things, you know, and I teach and I do mostly software development now. And, and so, in essence, you know, it was, it was almost like going back and seeing an old friend, you know, something that you had done a while back right. and felt like, you know, it was a nice piece of work and let's just shine it up and make it make it even better. What kind of software are you working on, Doctor? 
Mostly I write software that allows physicians to do genetic analysis. Okay. Uh, so, for instance, we can take a raw data from 23andMe and run it through any number of different apps to give us predictive information or to isolate out potential causes of what the patient might have, you know, uh, with regard to a particular problem that they're showing up with. We might be able to identify whether there's a genetic basis to it. And also, too, uh, actually the software is, is combining information on the genes and the microbiome together. So we're actually able to analyze not only the gene patterns in people, but how the gene patterns are playing into the bacterial microbiome as well. Right. And you teach. Okay, let's talk about the microbiome for a second. How smart are these bacteria? bacteria in our gut. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's sort of it's like it's like asking yourself how smart is a bee and how smart is a beehive. You know, mm-hmm. beehives are really smart and bees are probably one little tiny part of the smartness. Bacteria are very smart when they act in communities. So for instance, you know, this it's nothing for bacteria to learn you know, how to beat an antibiotic and then basically share that information with other bacteria. It turns out that bacteria are smart enough to eat right for their blood type because although most people think that your blood type is just something on your red blood cells, it turns out that it's far more prevalent lining your digestive tract. Bacteria have adapted to have a preference for metabolizing one blood type chemical over another. So for instance, a bacteria that would like to metabolize my A chemical in my digestive tract would probably not do so well in the digestive tract of my wife who's an O. So bacteria basically are very clearly smart enough to have preferences even for people based on their blood type. We also know that, again, you know, they there's all sorts of ways that bacteria can sort of hoodwink the immune system. Um, and we're understanding now that there's elements in terms of how we have adapted over millions of years. You know, how do we know something is bad versus something we can leave alone? Well, part of it's whether or not it looks like our blood type or not, but it's a big filter on things. Does this thing look like me? And so in essence, basically, we have this capacity to distinguish friend from foe that, that really starts with your blood type and then kind of moves into other experiences we might have had growing up and how we developed and the foods we ate when we were young. And all that kind of gets woven together in this balance of what is an optimum microbiome, which we're still really struggling to discover. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that, for instance, you know, the probiotic market is a huge market of supplements. And there's very good evidence that it's useful for certain types of illnesses. But in many situations, the person only continues to have the bacteria from the probiotic as long as they take the supplement. As soon as they stop the supplement, the microbiome goes back to what it was before. Right. So one of the ways you can do a better job of probiotics is actually to align the particular bacteria you're taking with your blood type so you can get a, a better fit of the things that are going to more or less take hold and stay there. Right, and let food be your medicine. Is there anything we all blood types could do universally to improve our, the bacteria in our gut? Is there anything we should all avoid? I'll tell you the thing that you don't want to use if you're interested in not having a sick gut. You want to be careful with what are called emulsifiers, which are the things that are in products like ice cream and stuff that are used as thickeners. Mm. And some of these in particular, the ones such as polysorbate 80, which is used extensively in the food industry as a thickener. 
these things are showing to have massive ill effects in terms of causing the growth of the wrong guys and inhibiting the growth of the right guys. So things like gums, you know, carrageenans, anything that's in the emulsify or thickening department, you should be very careful to try to minimize your consumption of those. The other thing you want to do is have a high what's called a high flavonoid or high flavone diet. You know, lots of colored things, purple stuff, yellow stuff, red stuff. All of those flavones, they tend to encourage the growth of beneficial bacteria. They also tend to stabilize the population, and they tend to encourage a more diverse population of bacteria. So those are smart things. Eat a lot of colors. And don't eat too many emulsifiers and thickeners and those kind of things. And those are going to be two pieces of advice that are going to work really well regardless of your blood type. Dr. Peter J. Dadamo, Eat the Rainbow. And if you'd like a copy of the updated Eat Right for Your Blood Type book, send an email to caseyradio at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Casey, and this is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. Finally today, meet Shari Brown. She's a happy woman, a Shiite Muslim from Iran who came to the U.S. and attended Catholic school in her youth. Now today, she reads a bit of the Old Testament, New Testament, and Koran every day. Shari Brown says happiness is easily found in the simplest of words and actions. I was pretty much seeking for God from my childhood. When I read all the three scriptures, I realized that, well, first of all, it says in Old Testament, and I practiced it. I practiced those commandments because I realized that the only thing that is really haven't changed, hasn't changed since I've been reading these for 26 years, every day, every day, all three books, one chapter of each, different publications, different translations. One thing that hasn't changed in any one of them by any publication is the commandments. And Moses in the Old Testament said that if you keep the commandments, you're going to be successful and happy. He said it to Joshua. So I've been really happier just because I feel it's not that my life has changed. My life has changed, I believe. But it's mostly in you and how you feel about yourself. Since I have been consciously obeying the commandments, I feel more serene and I feel I feel that I'm doing the right thing. You know, if some cal- calamity hits me, which hits everybody, I got burglarized the other day, it really didn't bother me anymore. Being happy is not like you always have nice things happening to you. No, you have so much faith that if something bad happens, you know that was a reason for something better to happen. If you have that faith, you'll be always happy. There's no reason. Happiness it stems as the result of being content with life, contentment and happiness because you have faith. If you have faith that anything that you pray to God and you have God, which is most powerful, behind you, backing you up, you always be happy. You never let anybody get you down because you feel that you have such a power behind you. Was it your reading that gave you faith or were you born no, faith? Gave, the reading gave me information to realize that what people make, because, you know, being a Shia Muslim in Iran, they think everything you do is wrong. You're going to go to hell if you don't do five-time prayer. If you're not a Muslim, you go to hell. If you're not this... I came to Catholic school in Vermont, and Christians were saying the same thing. If you're not Christian, you go to hell. I said, well, how do you even be happy? How, how do you... How can you be happy with yourself if 
Every day you think that my next life is going to be hell. So I decided to read it for myself. I realized that most of these scriptures have been so misinterpreted because of politics. Muslims know a lot about Christianity and Judaism and omnipresent. But Christians and Jews don't know about Islam. So when these terrorists come and call themselves Muslim, because of lack of our knowledge, we call them Muslim, which is wrong because first it puts validity to the atrocity. Secondly, it shows our lack of knowledge. Thirdly, it insults the real Muslims. I think everybody should read all three books before they start judging one another. We all have to respect. Right now, we have to respect each other for whoever they are, whatever they are. Sherry Brown, she's written a book called The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity. Find more on her website, sevencommandments.com. Thanks for tuning in to Shine On today. Check my website, caseyradio.com, and please, ladies, join me for Love, a workshop on empowerment for women. It's February 12th in Peekskill. Take action and give yourself this Valentine. And I leave you with a quote from the Dalai Lama who says, Happiness is not something ready-made. It takes action. Have a great week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD. 